Dakota Magazine Live, and this is another special edition coming to you from the basement of a complete stranger. I'm your host, Hugh, joined in person by my, the man, the myth, the legend himself, P. It's true. I hope you can hear me all right. We're going to be fiddling with the audio levels as we go, but uh, let us know in the chat. We can see it. As Q said, we actually are in somebody else's mother's basement. We knocked on doors down the street, and finally we ended up just kicking somebody's door down because, as you can see, we're a couple minutes starting the show a couple minutes late. But we've got so many stories to go through with you today, we couldn't wait. We just had to do it. I mean, let, let's also, you know, set the stage for everyone. You and I agreed last night, like, we needed a cleanse. News has been so crazy, so... On your flight, we both agreed for the five hours you were flying, we're not going to look at news at all. And you know, nothing really happened over the last you know 12 hours. There weren't issues with exchanges. There aren't insolvency risks. One of the richest crypto people in the world didn't just declare bankruptcy and say he owes or is said to be owed, said to owe over $600 million. None of these things happened. What the hell is going on, people? Yeah, it's fucking I was supposed wild. to take a night off. Yeah, I got off the plane and literally my entire phone just exploded, caught on fire. The battery melted in my pocket. We got a lot to go through today, Q. Let's dive into it all with some Bitcoin Magazine news on this Thursday, November 10th. And of course, the big news out of everywhere is continued discussions around FTX. What actually was going on over there? I'm going to run through some things because, quite frankly, there was a lot of news coming out. There's still plenty of news coming out as well. I want to start first with this one that maybe I fell for, maybe I didn't. Look, SBF is not on the run yet. But the idea of him running around with a ledger just shoved up his ass was truly hysterical to me. That was not real. What was real, however, was reports coming out that in different partner meetings, SBF sat there and played League of Legends. Pete, can I play League of Legends during the next BM Live, like when I'm back in my mom's basement? Absolutely fucking not. Yeah, what the fuck, man? I mean, I guess when you are worth billions of dollars, and this is, of course, before the last several days, you get to do whatever the fuck you want. I really hope that that while he was doing it, he was in conversations, and he just, like, had it up on the screen behind him. So he'd be in meetings, you know, and people would be like, hey, what is going on? And then he would just be like, sorry, I just need to need to gank this, uh, this person. Yeah, I mean, look, to your point, this is a man who... 24 hours ago was said to be worth over a billion dollars and as of 12 hours ago is now declared bankruptcy and owes reports of almost 660 million dollars oh my god almost like you can't print money out of thin air that's that's fake news you can in fact and he's doing it constantly uh, also i want to ask in the chat let us know can you guys hear us okay is the audio coming through again we are in somebody else's mother's basement not cues as normally so just give us a thumbs up and uh, let us know yeah make sure make sure you guys like and subscribe down below we are only live on youtube today because uh, chris decided to take a vacation and told us about it yesterday so yeah this is what happens when chris decides to just jump ship on us but we support him we support him yeah if you see chris Anywhere, specifically at some conference, feel free to just tell them these guys just need you. We are falling apart without you, Chris. We love you. Miss you very dearly. But we're not done on the FBF, SBF stuff. So we've talked about the fact that he is not yet on the run. That was fake news. We've talked about some of like the weird dealings is going on, like playing League of Legends. FTX has reportedly been using $4 billion of client funds to keep all the media afloat. This technically, and I laughed seeing this headline, FTX broke their own user terms and agreements in doing that. 
Oh, wow. Interesting. I also want to be clear. I think that it's important as we're talking about these stories, you've been doing a great job of this so far, that we really clearly distinguish between what is sort of supposed and then what has actually been confirmed as fact, because we're in the middle of this right now. And so there's so much speculation happening. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't read the terms of their terms of service specifically, but I mean, there is some shady shit going on for sure. That is a fact. And it's just a question of exactly what it is. Well, even if this isn't true or not, it's gotten the attention now of the Department of Justice. You have them joining the SEC. This is confirmed as of last night. They're going to join this sort of probe into SBF and FTX's dealings. But whether this is like, oh, the Justice Department is going to take this seriously and SBF is going to serve jail time, that remains to be seen. A couple of days ago, we had a Twitter spaces with the likes of Dylan LeClaire, Pete Rizzo, Jeff Ross, Greg Foss. And Rizzo brought up a really good point that I, I I hate to say Pete Rizzo's right, but Pete Rizzo might be right about this. Dude, he's right about everything. It's infuriating. I know. It's the worst, man. If you've ever caught Pete Rizzo say something that wasn't true, can you just DM P&I because we could use a little bit of leverage, guys? But yeah. what he did say the other day was the fact that, you know, historically speaking, whenever there are these significant financial crimes that go on, like there's no real jail time that's served. Yeah, in the 2008 financial crisis, one small little scapegoat was thrown under the bus, but he was a junior exec who actually blew the whistle on AIG, but just went up the like internal ranks instead of actually blowing the whistle to the government. And had he gone to the government, he probably would actually would never have served time, but unfortunately he got screwed over. That's one example. So with that in mind, the idea that, oh, SBF is going to serve time, no, probably not. You have a better chance. You have I think, a better chance of catching Do Kwan, I think, than SBF right now. Yeah, I, I like those odds. I like those right? odds. Like, there's a degree where he SBF did a really good job for the last year plus. Actually, for the last like two and a half years, because he was one of Biden's largest donors. He has made a real point to become buddy buddy with all of these regulators to the point where now, like, sure, Gary Gensler, like. Power to you, Papa, Papa Gary versus Daddy, as we like to call him on this show. Like, go at SVF all you want. I just, I have a hard time thinking that the people who sign off on your job, the people who SVF may or may not have helped finance their campaign to get reelected just two days ago, they're going to have a hard time going after this guy. Whether or not he's going to donate to their campaign in the future, but hey, sure. Who needs accountability in our political system? Oh, man. I don't know. I could see it playing out the other way, too, because he made himself into such a public figure, right? I mean, he... He, there were fucking articles published about him, you know, that was like the the shining, the white shining knight of crypto, the the philanthropist of philanthropists, you know, the uh, the Mahatma Gandhi of Mother Teresa's, and he, they may throw the book at him. I think one of the biggest things that I'm concerned about in all of this, aside from the fact that there are so many people who their entire life savings has been wiped out by this again, right? And, and I, you know, we we kind of joke around a lot, but. It's just really sad what has happened. It's ha it's really sad what's happened with Celsius. It's really sad what's happened here. It's really sad that what's happened with uh, you know 3AC. It's going to keep happening. So please, as we talk about too much, honestly, please, 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 please learn how to safely remove your Bitcoin from exchanges because if you don't have your keys, you don't have anything. Um, yeah, like I want I want to take a moment to you know really emphasize a point we talk about it so much, and this is I brought this up two days ago. There are lessons to be learned in moments like this. And the two largest lessons are exactly that. You need to be your own custodian of your keys. You need to custody everything you own. Fuck it. If you want to go down the shit coal rabbit holes, fine. Like, 
I personally, that's not my cup of tea. P, I, I can speak for you on this as well, I feel. You, this is not your cup of tea either. But even if you want to, don't leave it on the fucking exchange. Go get some sort of a wallet to hold those shit coins if that is your cup of tea because... No, every, just don't shit coin. Just, I mean, that's that's lesson number two. Lesson number two. That Lesson number one is hold your own keys, whatever they are. Lesson number fair, two. Fair, fair, fair. Don't shit coin point blank. Well, unless you unless you want to get wrecked. Like, if that's your thing, some people love getting wrecked. Like, some look, people love I'm, just getting fucked up, you know, and that's cool too. So, some people, you know, I'm a degenerate gambler who just loves to lose money. I, Like, I get it. I get it. If you want a shit coin, like, I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to judge you so fucking hard if you come up to me and tell me you're a doge bag holder. Oh, God. But at the same time, like, we need to understand why, A, let's let's discuss this. Why Bitcoin is just falling in sympathy, because this is no different. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. It's yep. no different than any stock industry in the entire world. Every single stock exchange would see something like this. Absolutely. An industry leader or someone of significance in the industry gets dinged. The entire industry is going to trade in sympathy and go lower. So you know what? Take advantage of the low Bitcoin price. Oh my God, how much Bitcoin did you buy? Throw it in the chat. I no, don't don't put a number in the chat. Yeah, actually, don't. That don't. was a, that was a fucking test. Nice try, you fucking Chris, fed. Chris, I hung out with Chris way too much for the last day and a half, so he's been rub, rubbing off on me. It's like that Twitter account, not a cop, <laughs> not a fed. Somebody should make a Twitter account, not a fed, not a Bitcoin fed. There, there's one, not the IRS. Nice, nice. I, I like that one. Yeah, but don't don't give anybody, don't tell anybody any numbers. Don't give anybody your private keys. For the love of God, never take pictures of your private keys. If anybody asks them for you, the other way around, they're fucking bullshitting you. Yeah, let's also then, so we talked a little bit about, you know, we're seeing the trading in sympathy. I want to keep on the FTX stuff. There is some news about other exchanges that we're going to get to a little bit later, but there's still a lot more discussed around this FTX debacle. I want to stay first on just, you know, the money that FTX is owed. We saw a lot of reports. The most recent one that I saw is their debt or their liabilities amount to almost $8 billion. I know, what the fuck? I, that, it's unfathomable. It's absolutely unfathomable. I want to I really establish what, <laughs> how much $8 billion really is. So Twitter purchased for $44 billion. Snapchat market cap is 16.3. So that's literally half of the entire value of Snapchat is just what FTX owes. So this is where it gets really fun. And these are coming out of SBF's own tweets. These are coming out of Slack messages that have been released from FTX's company Slack channel. There are reports coming out that SBF has said they are going to, they FTX are going to raise funds. And SBF is seeking up to $9.4 billion for FTX's rescue. The source is Reuters. FTX International currently has a total market value of asset collateral higher than client deposits, and we need almost $10 billion to rescue FTX. Jesus fucking Christ. My question to you is, do you know any billionaires who've been living under a rock for the last week who maybe don't check the news and would just write blanket checks like that for no reason? No, no, I do not, Q. If I did, I would not be sitting in somebody else's mother's basement with you filming. By the way, if you're just joining us, the reason we look like we're, you know, sitting in somebody else's mother's basement is because that's exactly where we are. We kicked the door down. Normally, we'd be in Q's mother's basement, but uh, we just had to get these stories out. So thanks for bearing with us here. Yeah, it's 
this whole thing is is fascinating. I was reading someone's analysis yesterday that was talking about the relationship or the potential relationship, and this was speculation, between backed by some interesting information, some of which came from Dylan LeClaire, BM Pro, around the relationship between Alameda and FTX and mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, Alameda was the trading firm and FTX was in theory created specifically to allow them access to collateral that they could use to help trade. Have you have you heard this analysis? Yeah. So, like, I I don't mean to cut you off. No, 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 please. Like, the the long and the short of it is they were essentially using their client's asset, what you and I would essentially put marked out as our own assets on our balance sheet. If you do something like that, where you balance out, you say, these are all my assets, these are all my liabilities, you and I would list even the Bitcoin on an exchange. That's an asset in my books for me, but it's not really because SBF kind of follows the golden rule. Not your keys, not your coin. Absolutely. Those keys were on his platform. So therefore they were, he treated it like they were his coin. And as a result, what did he do? He literally would take, I mean, this was shout out our boy DB who sent this tweet out. This is also unconfirmed, but the rumor that he heard was that SBF was literally using an Excel doc to like balance out. Oh my God. I heard that Like this is unconfirmed, but to be honest, wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise anything goes at this point. I got a message last night, and and I want to present this question to you. Someone asked me, one of my buddies from college, he was like, "All right, with all this stuff going on with FTX, like, what about Coinbase?" And my response was, "At this point, anything is possible. I I don't yeah like yeah. I mean, it you know, FTX was the third largest exchange. Second, Se- second. They were the second. Binance is the first. FTX was the second largest. No shit. Who's the third? Coinbase. Okay. No, crack it, then Coinbase. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so one of the largest exchanges. I mean, we were asking this with Rizzo and uh, and Greg Foss, you know, the question being, is this the potential bottom? Is this the blow up of blow ups and then we only go up from here? Not necessarily immediately, but I think the, the, the room's conclusion was that this has to be kind of the bottom, if not very close to it. Coinbase has been around a long time, much longer than FTX. I, who the fuck knows? I agree with you. Anything's possible. But this this was not on my wildest bingo cards. I mean, this is so many orders of magnitude above what we've seen in the past. I mean, people love talking about Mt. Gox. I mean, this is so much crazier in my mind. Just the the number of cascading, you know, uh, you know, sort of contagion events. You know, I mean, in that in that same vein, you know, I'm gonna cite Kobe, and, and I see it in the chat. Apparently, my mic sucks. Okay, could you give me a little bit more gain? Oh, you you need you need me to up those levels. I need I need a little bit. You need me turn gain. those headphones up. But uh, we're trying to we're trying to fix this right now, gang. So hang tight with us while while we fix that. But at the same time, so look, I I'm gonna cite Kobe, who is like a very known ETH shit coiner type. Don't hold it against me. I do follow him. I appreciate his perspective and viewpoint. He went on a long thread, I think two nights ago, where he essentially explained stuff like you know all of these historical moments like Mt. Gox or any other exchange that just sort of went under and you got rugged for using it and leaving your coins on that exchange you almost knew that something bad was going to happen by using a mount gox it wasn't the safest most secure system it wasn't this publicly visible ceo and company that is throwing money at sports arenas that's throwing money all around dc there was a almost this aura of legitimacy that sbf created for himself by changing the Miami Heat arena 
which was formerly American Airlines Arena to FTX Arena, by becoming Joe Biden's largest donor in 2020, by having FTX all over the place, you he created this feeling that now you can, with hindsight, recognize as, oh, it was an illusion of safety and security. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Because there wasn't that with Mount Gox. And, and I'm speaking from ignorance because I, I was not in this space in 2013. Wait, the, the claim is that Mount with Mount Gox, you knew that it was... It was a sketchier platform to begin with. Oh, oh, that I agree with. I think, I think that the claim being that Mount Gox was a dicier thing Whereas with FTX, it's even more fucked up because of all the uh, the virtue signaling. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, it's it's when you have this person being lauded by you know major news outlets all over the place as you know the king of crypto, the philanthropist boy wonder. Yeah, it, it definitely does does give them legitimacy. So I think it's it's super fucked. But what else we got? So we've now established that FTX is trying to, you know, raise funds to get themselves out of it. We were estimating somewhere to the tune of they owe 8 billion. They're trying to raise over 9, potentially 10 billion dollars and SBF also owes himself now because he has declared bankruptcy over 600 million dollars. The Justice Department has joined the SEC's probe into FTX. We have a few more things on the FTX front. CoinShares says that they have $3.1 million of Bitcoin and $1.2 million of Ether in pending withdrawals from FTX. Crypto asset manager CoinShares says they have $30.3 million in total exposure to FTX. CoinShares is about to get fucked. Yeah, it definitely seems like it. I mean, this this will feed into the next story because our our source here is what's his name? Oh my God, Walter Bloomberg on Twitter. So, that's not Bloomberg. That's Walter Bloomberg. Right, Delta, Delta, yeah, Delta One, D- Delta One. This is the source for these two stories. So this is going to be developing. We're going to see, I'm sure, a statement from CoinShares at some point today. Them trying to like at least giving us an update on like, hey, were you actually able to withdraw this money from FTX? I'm seeing conflicting reports. Some some places saying that FTX has halted all withdrawals. Other places saying FTX is still allowing some withdrawals. I My understanding is that they've halted all withdrawals. And that was my understanding too, but I am seeing, I'm seeing multiple things. So it's definitely something where you could possibly be withdrawing, withdrawing today right now as you're listening to this. And by tonight, it could have flipped the script or vice versa. Who fucking knows? Ultimately, though, again, I want to really hammer this point home because this has to be the lesson. We can't keep learning this lesson because another exchange went under. You have to get your shit off an exchange the second you buy it. Again, apologies for the construction noise you may or may not be hearing right now. Again, we're inside somebody else's mother's basement, not Q's, and uh, they're putting in a new wall or taking out a load-bearing one. I'm looking at them right now. They're giving me dirty looks, telling me to go fuck myself. But we're still here for you, the listener. I now want to bring up a story that is this really fucking happened and i hope the takeaway from this for all of our viewers i'm taking this is my takeaway i know this is going to be your takeaway it's better be your fucking takeaway insect milk is good no i'm sorry i missed that one look i'm not a billionaire yet you're not a billionaire arguably you probably are just won't tell me and most of you watching are not but we will be one day and why do i believe that 
Well, because we're all fucking smarter than Mike Novogratz. That's for damn fucking oh, sure. Oh, God, this guy. Mike Novogratz, who many of you may remember as the man who tattooed Luke. You remember that Ponzi scheme. Tattooed it on his arm. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know what he did when he went on CNBC yesterday? What did he do? Tell us. <laughs> Mike Novogratz put out a claim saying that El Salvador is screwed because all of their Bitcoin is held oh, on FTX. This was a fucking infuriating. Well, guess what, Mike? It's not. He has since issued a statement on Twitter apologizing, apologizing to Bukele, apologizing to the people of El Salvador. Look, Mikey boy, I get it. I get you don't know what self-storage is. I'm pretty sure at this point you do not custody any of your Bitcoin. And Lord help me if someone gave you 12 words to memorize as your seed phrase because that Bitcoin is lost forever, my guy. You can't see this, but somebody's claiming that the reason we're filming here is because we held FTT and now this is our new studio. We've just got wrecked and we're just hiding it from everybody. I love it. Yeah, no, this is, I don't mean to derail us. Obviously, this is a new show. We have fun, clearly. And uh, we say a lot of crazy shit. But to be the CEO of a major company like Mike Novogratz is, to go on a very well-respected news outlet and then fud an entire country. I mean, that has real financial ramifications for potentially millions of people, but certainly thousands. You just can't do that. That's not, it's totally inappropriate. And then even though he did, you know, issue a retraction on Twitter, it doesn't matter, right? Because what percentage of, you know, I think it was CNBC, correct? Mm -hmm. what, per CNBC. what percentage of CNBC listeners actually check Twitter? And then what percentage of those actually follow Mike Novogratz? It just, it's, it's bad news bears. No, you're absolutely right. This is far and away the worst thing that Mike Novogratz has done. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, nothing even remotely close. I can't say it like a straight face. Like, you said that's that was how such, fucking stupid he is. So that was like, such confidence. Like, this isn't even like in the realm of the top three stupidest things he's done. Oh, and this is fucking moronic. I'm sorry. I saw in the chat you guys asked him to stop dropping the F bomb. I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm a little heated, very cranky right now. And like, maybe I did have a little too much FTT exposure. Psych, I do not. I never <laughs> fucking, I, it sounds like, like a medical condition. I saw, diarrhea. Shout out my boy, Ben Carman, because he sent a tweet out where I was like, okay, I knew what FTX was, so I can't hide behind that. But I had no idea what FTT was before oh, I know. any of this. And it's just like, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy about that. Like, I'm I really done based on what's happening right now, you didn't want to know what FTT was. Maybe you did on Friday so you could short it. Shout out to, I saw some people in the chat yesterday and the day before talking about how they've been shorting FTT. Good on you guys. Make sure you get out safely on that. None of this should be taken as financial advice, despite the fact that apparently that does not provide us cloud cover. Remember, we live with our mothers, so we're not the guys you should sue when our own parents us. kicked us out. Now we're in somebody else's basement. Yeah, needless to say, my mom sent me a text yesterday. She was like, do I need to sell my Bitcoin right now? Oh no! So yeah, can I crash here, by the way? <laughs> oh man. All right, what else we got? What else we got? Alrighty, so established Novogratz is the bozo on the face of the earth, despite the fact that Doquan and FBF still exist on this earth. I want to talk some more contagion, and then we're gonna, we will, from the for the audience, if you have other questions that we feel confident in answering, Throw it in the chat. We have two more stories on FTX and then we are going to shift the story slightly going forward. So we, we have now been discussing FTX for a full 30 minutes straight with y'all. We welcome any and all questions, but 
on some of the contagion effects we are seeing now. So this is an FTX announcement regarding the Tron credit facility. We are pleased to announce that we have reached an agreement with Tron to establish a special facility to allow holders of TRX, BTT, JST, SUN, and HT to swap assets from FTX one-to-one -to, -one to external wallets. What does that even mean? I truly, I don't know any of those tokens that I just listed out. What, why are we talking about that? What's the significance of that story? I mean, based on this, like we, we've talked a little bit about how there are the questions of can you withdraw funds on FTX if you still have funds on FTX or not. There's a larger question though of where and what funds does FTX hold themselves? Because we need to distinct, distinctly discuss what actually does FTX own versus what does FTX say they own, but it's really their clients' funds that they've just been lying and saying, oh yeah, those are our assets too. So- Well, it's not lying. It's part of the, I mean, as I understand it, it's part of the terms of service. It's like, basically the-, the No, they broke their terms of service. By are we sure about that though? Yes. Okay, okay. Because my understanding of the grift, just for the audience is, FT, FTX, the exchange, created the FTT token. Mm -hmm. Then Alameda would, which is the trading firm that, that that they maintained this artificial, you know, public perception of like there is a distinction between the two of them and everything is above board. But really what would happen is FTX created FTT, their own token. Then Alameda would buy or premise FTT at a, you know, just ridiculously low price, or they, you know, pre-mined it or whatever. Then FTX would pump the price of FTT, their token, and then Alameda would would post FTT back to FTX as collateral and then borrow real assets from their customers from FTX's customer deposits. So it's like this weird kind of like flywheel, which uh, again, Dylan LeClaire did a great job of explaining in his recent report, which we talked about. There's a whole diagram and everything, but that's kind of my understanding of the whole, the overall thing. And you're saying that they did it in such a way that it, it was apparently against their customers, their terms of service. Yeah. That's the, that's the contention. Like their customers, terms of customer service, to my understanding, essentially laid out that like, hey, like, these are your funds. Like we at FTX do not touch, hypothecate, we do not lever up. Oh funds, shit, dog. But they did. And now we're sort of starting to see like, well, what, where does that leave things? How are creditors going to be made whole? Okay. Who has the right to these items? And so what's interesting to me about something like this news with Tron, or at least the deal they've come with Tron, my best guess, and this is just a guess talking out of my ass, which I do 99% of the time anyways, my assumption is either Alameda or FTX actually holds these assets, these tokens themselves, in addition to the clients that hold them. So they feel more comfortable letting these assets outflow because they can just replace them back in with their own that they hold. It sounds like some shit corner nonsense. Uh, dude, it, honestly, as I say it out loud, that doesn't even fucking make sense to me. All right, so what, what should we take away from this story? Like, what, what's the, the meaty, like, why are we talking about it? Tron's in on this. Got it, okay. That, that, honestly, that's my takeaway. This is, like, this is the best word for this. Shout out my high school U.S. history AP teacher. Yeah, because I was an AP student, you fucking nerds. Shout out Miss Barton. This is a clusterfuck, to say the least. Oh, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Q, let us know. He was the one who broke this story. This is a clusterfuck on this November 10th. The year of our Lord, 2022. Got it. The year after the death of our Lord. But I'm not done on the contagion stuff. So Tether, there's also Tether contagion. You know. It just keeps going. It US, never ends. USDT, stablecoin. Oh, what, that old chestnut? 
you you believe in stable coins, right? Their viability, they they work, right? I understand that there are people who need to be able to you know have a stable coin, but uh, the specifics of which ones mean what and how they relate to the larger Bitcoin market, no fucking clue. So, I'm just here for the technology, bro. I will say I will caveat this by saying like it is technically now as of right now re-pegged back to one dollar. But it did de-peg yesterday. That's it, significant. It did de-peg all the way down to 0.97, which, I mean, look, there was a moment, I think, where a lot of people, as they saw this news breaking in real time, like literally had flashbacks of the Luna nightmare and debacle. Maybe it's promising that Tether re-pegged up to a whole dollar, or maybe this is just a sign of things to come. I mean, look, at one point yesterday, we had Bitcoin trading at $15,000, but... Very few exchanges were letting you buy at that price. We will talk about that in a second. I think, you know, we're seeing Bitcoin price recover. We see something like Tether, DPEG, and then recover. Could the bottom be in? Could we see more downside? Absolutely. I think one thing that everyone needs to stop trying to do is stop trying to be like, this is the exact moment at the bottom and I'm going to ape all in at this moment. Like, live in the world of probability. If you think there is a 10% chance that the bottom has already been in and you have been holding on to cash. This is my approach. This is not financial price advice. This is how I am treating this market. If I think there's a 10, 20% chance, let's just stick with 10% chance the bottom is already in. I'm going to deploy 10% of my capital into the market. This is your specific trading strategy. This is, this is literally to a T exactly what I've been doing over the last 48 hours. I think, I mean, this is like a sort of more advanced DCA. The, problem, the point is basically don't try to time the market specifically. Instead, you want to average in. This sure. is why we talk about, you know, DCAing, having a certain amount of Bitcoin that you buy every, you know, week, paycheck, month, whatever it is, because it's impossible to predict the Bitcoin price. All right. Is there anything else you want to make mention on FTX before we move on? No, honestly, it's 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 crazy. It's wild. But yeah, let's keep going. There's so much more to talk about. There's We're going to continue updating on this story in, as often as we can. I mean, new developments come in in real time. So we're trying to process them as they do. Throw anything in the chat that you guys see that maybe we missed. There's been a ton, a ton of news, especially in the last 24 hours. But I want to talk about the exchange issue that I alluded to just a moment ago. So yesterday, I was really fucking pissed when Bitcoin broke below 16K. And, you know, maybe I have been hoarding a lot of USD in my strike account. <gasps> maybe. For a moment, like exactly this. And to my very, very upsetting surprise, I log in. I tried to make a purchase, maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand, maybe ten thousand. <laughs> Who knows how much it actually is for? You're just stacking those Benjamins, okay, okay. I will never forget this moment. The price said fifteen thousand one hundred dollars. I go to create my order. You know what it said that the price of Bitcoin it was going to sell it to me at. I was going to swear at you. But then somebody asked us not to swear, so yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I, this makes me really angry, but I will try to stop swearing. You want to know how much it quoted me after I it said fifteen one. Tell us, tell people we're, we're dying to know. Strike wouldn't sell me Bitcoin for less than sixteen thousand dollars. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That is more than a five percent fee charge, more or less, from your bid to ask. 
because the bid price is essentially saying the market says this is worth 15.1, but the ask price on strike was over $16,000. What do I do? I go to I went to Cash App. I paid the higher fees on Cash App. I, I swallowed my pride. I did it. I, I started aping in there. But it wasn't just um, Strike. It was also Swan. Yeah, because, of course, Prime Trust. So it's really interesting to see how Prime Trust, which gets involved in all the shitcoin nightmare debacle, we heard some stuff, I think, earlier in the summer where people started flagging and saying, hey, man, Prime Trust isn't just for Strike, and it's not just for Swan. It's also for a lot of shitcoin exchanges. And if something happens in the shitcoin crypto space, Prime Trust could actually end up screwing over Bitcoin maxis all over the place. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this right now because this morning I even checked again, and it was still quoting me at like five hundred dollars above the actual going rate of Bitcoin to purchase. So right now, so to be clear, I just want to reiterate: this is not a strike issue or a Swan issue. It's basically these are companies that use Prime Trust as their their custodian. So when you go and you buy Bitcoin from Strike or you buy Bitcoin from Swan or from any other number of, of Bitcoin exchanges or you know purchasing platforms, they are actually making that transaction through a third party Prime Trust. And the issue is that the Prime Trust is a market maker, so they get to set the bid ask spread. Now we see this. In, in any situation where there's increased market volatility. So you see this in equities as well. This happens all the time when you're, if it, whether it's, you know, SPY, although you see it less there because it's such a liquid market, it's being traded so frequently. But anytime the market conditions get crazy, the market maker will artificially wedge open the bid ask spread because they collect the profit between the bid and the ask. That's how they stay solvent. That's how they make money in this in this system. That's the service they provide. And in the Bitcoin space, of course, as it gets even, it can get even more volatile, and it has recently. That spread gets widened even further. So I do want to be clear that this is a this is a normal part of the of what a market maker does. The thing that's very interesting here, though, is the size of that spread. And I personally don't have a good sense for the sort of historical spread that something like Prime Trust has has created in these types of situations. I'm curious if you do, but it, I agree. I mean, I said the same thing. It was very. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, look, like shout out Jace Overlay because I just looked this up at. And did the math as well and so can confirm it's, it's roughly 3.2 it's over three percent which mind you if you're paying like a two percent fee on cash app for it like it's about the same go to a place like cash app but this is at this point at points yesterday it was over five percent like there was a point where it was almost ten percent and that's troubling because it's not just when you're buying now i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up the other side of something that we don't like to talk about in Bitcoin, but there's a sell side to this as well that sometimes we like to ignore. And the reason it's significant is if you are using these exchanges to both buy and sell- Oh, you get hit both ways. You're gonna get hit both ways. And now it's not a, like on Cash App, it's not, oh, you're only gonna pay two, two and a half. It's, no, you're gonna pay four to 5% the whole transaction. If you're gonna do this on a prime trust account that's charging even three and a half, you're looking at six, six and a half percent to full, finish a full transaction, which it's, is why you don't trade. Every time you trade, you're just you're just liquidating your uh, yourself even further. Exactly, I don't trade every transaction. But no, all joking aside, it is something. It is a very important thing to consider. Again, I I think that it's I, I'm not interpreting this as like oh shit, Prime Trust may be fucked because you know when I'll give you an example, people are getting very freaked out when these large exchanges go down. But when I, you know, I was here for the last bull uh, bull and bear cycle 
And in 2017, every single major market move, like all the exchanges, they just be like, well, website's down, no trading, go home. And that was just like the, the standard. And now we're in this world where that only happens to some of the exchanges, even though these are like, frankly, unprecedented times in terms of the, uh, the swings in Bitcoin. So I think it is very, very notable. I don't know if it's enough for us to conclude that like there is like a major thing happening with Prime Trust. I also, I don't know, to be candid. No, it's way too early to make a claim like that, but I'm just going to go out and say if Prime Trust goes under, like oh, yeah, you that's... better not have any money, USD or <laughs> Bitcoin on I think... a place like Swan or Stripe, like full stop. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you shouldn't have, again, those, those platforms are constantly trying to encourage you to take your money off anyway for exactly. that reason. But. but like, again, like this goes back to the main lesson of all this FTX stuff needs to be for individual users. Do not leave your coins on any of these exchanges. Don't even leave USD on these exchanges during this very, very volatile and quite frankly, like scary moments in, in the broader crypto and Bitcoin space in particular. I agree. I do want to, you know, discuss for a second just this idea that we talk sometimes on this show like oh the nasdaq halted trading on this stock oh this trading on this halted due to volatility are we now going to have to roll back those sort of claims like oh bitcoin may never stop bitcoin doesn't stop trading there are ways to still find bitcoin but certain exchanges will unfortunately be due to volatility almost like have to halt trading or have to no, insert I, things like this it's a reasonable question but I, I completely disagree i think that the whole point of bitcoin is you don't actually need these exchanges that's the whole point right it right. is actually fully disintermediated you and i can just exchange bitcoin right now and it is totally unnecessary for us to use an exchange Will you sell me at 15 one? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> I'll, I, you could sell me though. But the, the point is, you know, these exchanges perform a valuable market function because that's how most people are able to make these transactions, but you don't need them. And the issues with these exchanges are just that. They're issues with the exchanges. They're not issues with the Bitcoin protocol. They're not issues with the fundamental aspects of Bitcoin. Whereas when you're talking about a, you know, an equity, you can't just go out and like buy an equity. There is no technical way for you to do that. It's not possible. So I think they're totally different things. And again, I do want to reiterate, you know, you go back to 2017, you go back to even further into the, pre the bear market before that. And like, it was like, it, these, these entire websites would go down, let alone, you wouldn't even get, there wasn't even like a notice that was like, oh, hey, the exchange is down. It was just like the website was gone. And you just had to be like, well, I guess that's how Bitcoin exchanges work. Fuck, I should have kept my own, you know, private keys. So it's all par for the course. The these systems get better and better and better, and it becomes easier and easier and easier to transact privately in Bitcoin over time. We've of course got the Lightning Network. There are fantastic platforms that allow you to, you know, that are truly decentralized, despite what, you know, DeFi bullshit shitcoin exchanges claim about being decentralized. You can, there are definitely facilities to actually get Bitcoin in a way that truly is disintermediated, separate from, you know, just straight peer-to-peer -peer exchange. And you should use those and understand them. RoboSats is a great one over Lightning. There's other ones that you can use for on-chain Bitcoin. All right, we're gonna share microphone now. I've, we're gonna give up on on this idea that my microphone works because. Sorry to the chat. Oh wow, this, yeah, no, this sounds way better. So we're we're sharing the microphone now. It's it's gonna be like that. Do we want to talk proof of reserve? Okay, so proof of reserve. This idea has been around in the space. CZ, I think yesterday, sent out a tweet saying the future of exchanges needs to be proof of reserve. 
essentially saying you need to show and prove on a public ledger what you hold and how much of what you hold is and where it is. So you can't use leverage on client funds. So you can't go out there and like print fake FTT tokens and then say this has value in the public markets and whatnot. I just wanted to, I guess, mention because somehow BitMEX is leading the charge on this, but in the summer of 2021, BitMEX provided a demonstration of a working Bitcoin proof of reserve and proof of liability system. My question to you, let's start on the exchange front. Do you think proof of reserves is something that's gonna be helpful for exchanges to have in the future? Or is this gonna be something for them to use as an excuse to go out and continue to make these aggressive moves that they make? All right, so I think proof of reserves is an is a, it's an important idea, but it does not actually solve these problems. It's not going to magically fix any of this shit. So no, I don't think it is something that is going to yeah, magically resolve these issues. It's not what people seem to claim that it is. So I, I, I'll be more specific. I think you know if someone proves to the world that they have on-chain some amount of Bitcoin, then they can still open a paper contract that is off-chain that then will you know lock up that Bitcoin or do something else with it and do fucked up stuff. And that's just the reality. So it does, it's not some magic panacea as people seem to think it is. There are a lot of people saying things like, oh, well, you know, at least it's better than nothing, but it is not proof of unencumbered reserves, which I think is what people are conflating it with. Okay. I, there's breaking news in real time to go back to the FTX stuff, even even the Tron. I wanna come back to proof of reserves. We will talk about it again in a second. I now have a better answer for that Tron stuff I mentioned. Per Zero Hedge, Tron's Justin Sun says he's in a fundraising talks with FTX now. Tron's Sun declines to comment on amount to Bloomberg News. Okay, so I guess the answer of, do you know anyone with $10 billion who's been living under a rock for the last month and just wants to waste it? Justin Sun is your man. For fuck's sake. Um, what is happening? I said this yesterday, I made this joke. Remember when they turned on the Large Hadron Collider and they were like, oh, be careful, it's gonna split this into two different realities and we're gonna be in the shitty one. I feel like that happened and we just didn't know it. We're living an episode of Dark Mirror right now, here, it's happening. Look, I do I think we live in the darkest timeline? Shout out community fans. Yes, yes we do. Evil Abed, wherever you are, it's working whatever you're doing. Good also, God. I also have some more stuff out of FTX. From FTX US, trading may be halted in a few days. Please close down any positions you want to close down. Withdrawals are and will remain open for now. Again, from FTX US, trading may be halted in a few days. Please close down any positions you want to close down. That is fucking wild that they're putting that out. Wait, wait, sorry, sorry. Are we sure that is actually... That we is... Just, we just tweeted that now. So yes, we're... We that stand by. Fucking wild. Shout out Nick Hoffman. Shout out Namcios. Shout out Dylan Leclerc. These are three people who are really in the weeds, getting you these news stories. If you're not following the Bitcoin Magazine Twitter account, you need to. If you're not following Nick Hoffman, Nick can't mind. If you're not following Namcios, and if you're not following Dylan Leclerc, you are doing Bitcoin Twitter, and you are not doing yourself a service to stay up to date with this news. Please go and follow these four people. They are getting you all the news in real time. They're getting us the news in real time. I'm assuming if you watch our show, you follow us. But if you don't, please follow us because I need to beat CK in our bet. That's but. fucking crazy. I I don't even know what to make of that because for an exchange to publicly signal that they may 
halt trading. That obviously is going to create a stampede to the exits. So like you'd never normally do that unless obviously you were 100% about to halt trading. So I'm just trying to think like, is that a CYA situation? Are they just trying to cover their asses? He's somebody like, yo, we have to warn the people. We have to do this. Because normally that will actually create the exact situation you are trying to avoid creating. That's, I, I don't even know. I don't honestly know exactly what to make of that. It's wild. Also, this is weird, man. This is the this is the closest physically I've ever been to you. It feels very uncomfortable. I also feel more powerful because even though you are like six times taller than me, I'm actually only 5'4". Not really. But I feel like it when I'm standing next to you. I'm in this stool, which is making me taller than you, so I feel like I'm a better person. Please continue. What else we got? What else do we need to bring to the people? These are, Those are just two breaking news updates on this FT, ongoing FTX story. I'm going to flip us back really quickly. I want to talk proof of reserves one more time. I'm sure as we continue some of these stories, we do have a very big story coming up in just a second. So we established why you think proof of reserves for exchanges are a scam. One idea that I've proposed that I am adamant on is if a country is actually on a Bitcoin standard, they should have some form of a proof of reserve system so you can actually hold the government accountable for how they're spending their money. Are they spending it are they spending it in the right ways? Are they spending it in the ways that they're telling people? And where is that money going? Could you imagine if the US government had to be held accountable for all the money they print and where it goes? Fun fact, we just announced more aid being sent to Ukraine, by the way. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that it is an interesting idea. And I think that there is value in the idea of proof of reserves. What I want to be careful about is people thinking that it is a magical panacea because a lot of the problems that we're seeing with FTX, that we're seeing with Celsius and having what they're seeing in the traditional financial system has to do with over-levered over -levered positions that are based on creating sort of or encumbering those assets in using them as collateral for other trades in in, in you know, rehypothecating them. And those are not addressed in any way by proof of reserve. So it's a cool idea. I think it it is, it, it's not that it's better than nothing, it's just a different thing. It would be great if the US was able to demonstrate without question that they owned or that they possessed the private keys that controlled X number of Bitcoin. I think that's a cool thing, but that does not tell you anything else. It doesn't tell you that they are not betting the farm on some stupid, situation that's that's the distinction that i think is important all right fine you you win this round my shitty idea will not see the light of day but it's I'm, i'll say it's i'm gonna steal this mic i have the mic i have the control it's not as bad as your orange check mark idea which i will never let you live down where you were like should politicians get an orange ball by their head that says i am a bitcoiner and that was a way worse idea let's keep going not as bad as sailor's idea of not just one but five different color schemes because you know when we sort people by color that's worked out very well historically yes yes as two brown people we can 100 percent agree yeah you're here <laughs> we're in sport all right let's talk some very big breaking news that broke this morning on bitcoin magazine however it may have slipped through some cracks given everything else going on with ftx we are very excited to announce that shell Yes, that shell is the one of the largest oil and gas companies to launch Bitcoin mining initiatives at Bitcoin 2023 in Miami. I, I, I think I, my drop. 
<laughs> I didn't want to break the one working mic that we I was had. Like, oh my God, are we at, is, is something going wrong again? The mic's not working. No. no, you just wanted to literally pick up a mic and then drop it. That was the weakest fucking mic drop I've ever heard. I don't want to break the mic. Like CK won't let me get new mics, so I can't break it. Yeah, that's that's for the best. Yeah, this is this is big news. This it's one of the largest oil and gas companies in the world. I am super excited to hear them or to see them very publicly embracing Bitcoin as a, or at least by sponsoring the biggest and arguably most important Bitcoin conference in the world. That's a huge signal. It shows that they are getting into the space. I would love to see them mining more. I would love to see them very publicly exploring the ways that Bitcoin is fantastic for the environment, contrary to what everybody hears about it being bad for the environment. Yeah, I mean, I think there's an important distinction. Dylan has spent some time really pointing this out and, and made me feel silly for some of my maybe euphoric, maybe really over overly optimistic overly bullish statements like you know peace 500k by conference day statement but you know this is for from the perspective of shell this is a really exciting development however this is a drop in the bucket this doesn't move the needle for them this isn't going to be overnight oh this is now going to be our main source of revenue this to them let's be let's be perfectly clear this will help them become more esg compliant because they will be using what I'm assuming to be, they're going to use methane gas as part of their mining operation, which in turn will help decrease the amount of methane they emit into the environment, which in turn will make them look more ESG compliant. That will be the greatest FU to all of the ESG knuckleheads and bozos out there when Shell, an oil and gas company, actually does something good for the environment using Bitcoin. Like, oh my God, the liberals are going to be triggered. Um, It'll also be really important to note that while this is developing, given the size and scope of Shell, the reach of this company, it would be foolish not to think that other companies, other competitors of theirs are going to look at how this rollout happens, how effective and efficient is it, and is it worth our time and money to also start to explore this space. Shell can either be a pioneer and really propel Bitcoin forward, and we could genuinely be talking about by the end of this decade, how it's crazy that that one oil and gas company is the holdout, or in mainstream media, it could literally turn into, can you believe Shell actually tried to mine Bitcoin like eight years ago? Like it can go in either direction. I think we are on the side of this will this is going to be leading the charge. You are going to see every other oil and gas company pay attention and how this rolls out will dictate and determine how quickly these other businesses get involved in the mining space. What concerns me, not necessarily as a concern, but for those who hold shares of Bitcoin miners in particular, like publicly traded Bitcoin mining stocks, they are going to be squeezed the most. Why? You now have a company like Shell that controls the energy. They literally have all the energy in the world, theoretically, to then be able to say like, oh, you know what? We actually want to ramp up Bitcoin mining. We control the cost of energy. So like, let's just, you know, keep up the cost of energy low for ourselves so that we can mine at a much cheaper rate. I... <laughs> This is so funny to me that we're literally, okay. You don't like this sharing? is the elephant dick mic, by the way. This is the classic, that's what it's called in Germany. I think you are wildly overstating what this could lead to. That you're, you're, you're being so bullish that it's like, also, they're going to cure fucking cancer. This is a sponsorship, which is very cool, 
but it is a sponsorship by a specific subset of Shell. I believe it is like the Shell Lubricants Factory that is making some, you know, thermoelectric cooling fluid, which can be used by Bitcoin miners. So this is not like, you know, Shell, again, I, I would love to see them mining. I think it's very cool that they are publicly, you know, getting in, uh, it's, it's a public signal. It sends a very significant public signal. But let's let's keep our expectations realistic here. You know, this is a this is a PR move, which is a significant one. But that's all it is at this point. Yeah, Gonzalez went on to explain it. As part of our integrated energy solution, Shell Immersion Cooling Fluid S5X is designed to reduce energy costs. And you know, it's like it's like a pharmaceutical. Oh, so they're, they're releasing their own like immersion fluid, so they're not even going to use methane gas. I don't know. Someone. No, no, I, mean, I don't mean to. I don't mean to discount this. This is a big fucking deal. Again, it, it's very big that this is a huge oil and gas company publicly sponsoring the biggest Bitcoin conference in the world. So that's that can't be understated. It's huge, but we got to wait and see exactly how it plays out going forward. And it does send a signal to the rest of the industry. Let's keep going. What else we got? We got so much to do. It's already you know we've been going for for an hour. There's so much more storage we got to cover. Oh God, is there more breaking news, motherfucker? All right. I don't care what anyone says. FTX is about to become one of the most wanted men in the world because now a Bahamian regulator is investigating FTX. You know, Bahama, the Bahamas, where Ambe Grafried went to go and live because regulations are so lax there. Their regulators are up in arms and they're going to do some saluting and digging. Oh my God. How do you mess up so bad that the Bahaman government has to come after you in addition to the u.s government oh man how his star has fallen to say the least all right took the wind out of the sails on my shell announcement but sure no no it's huge let's, no just no, no it's fine audience let's timestamp this on 10 59 a.m thursday november 10th 2022 P was very bearish on the fact that shell the largest oil company in the world is going to start rolling out bitcoin mining you know just like how he admit the other day he doesn't really believe in the future of Bitcoin mining to begin with. <laughs> These are fucking lies and you know it. I'm I am pro Bitcoin. I'm pro gasoline. Everybody knows that gasoline is a panacea for everything. You break your arm, you have the flu, you drink some gasoline, everything's better. You heard it here. I mean, P that only works for you because you are half cyborg. <laughs> All right. Let's let's have some lighter stories. I want to give you guys some more some light stories we've been with you for about an hour we might go for another like 10 15 minutes in the event that some more news from ftx breaks but if it doesn't stay up to date with us over on twitter if you are not following at video bitcoin please do so we are releasing clips and highlights from the day's events we're going to be releasing fun exclusive content there as well so be sure you like and subscribe this channel and make sure you're following the channel over on twitter and of course please follow the two of us and while you're at it unfollow ck snarks we're trying to win the bet you want to talk to us about twitter elon musk's little faux pas the other day no shit what did he do so elon you know guns are blazing i'm gonna lay off half the workforce i'm gonna lay off this many people that many people fired one too many people and, and had we, a... we talked about this yesterday oh did we yeah yeah basically he fired in his you know he, he came in guns blazing made a fucking video in their headquarters like coming in with the kitchen sink pissed a bunch of people off fired you know huge percentage of the workforce and then of course realized oh shit we fired some essential personnel and is now having to beg them to come back so we we didn't i didn't go on my rant about this 
Because we talked about this. No, I know. Let's cover that one, and then I think we'll call it a... We covered these three? No, we did not. You're right. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's okay. do it. Let's hit it. So I want to I wanna go on one of my little rants, but for those of you who don't know, I fucking hate airlines because they are the devil. I love to fly. I love to travel. I hate the airlines. But turns out some very, you know, these people are doing God's work. Bought airline tickets on all their flights this year, and I guess they were taking tape measures onto the airplane, and they started measuring the size of the seats because there is a legal requirement of a minimum expectations for economy-sized seats. Well, it turns out they were not actually reading, reaching the minimums, and airlines had passenger airlines in particular have been squeezing the size of these seats. So it's supposed to be 35 inches. Nope, it's been 31 inches. It's supposed to be 18 inches wide. Nope, it's been 16 and a half inches wide. Look, I'm a skinny guy, but like I can't afford to give you up my leg room. Like, oh my God, it's a bear market. I'm not buying anything other than economy on spirit to begin with. And lo and behold, the the size of these seats are just getting smaller and smaller to the point where even my skinny ass shoulders can't bear to sit in it. I knew I was onto something, but let it be known. I guess this is actually gonna get brought up to lawmakers. Hearing that it goes to lawmakers just tells you that nothing is actually gonna happen with yep. this, which is what's disappointing. Should we, I'm gonna keep going, that's the next story. All right, I've talked a lot about this. I've said a lot of crazy things on this show. All right, it's coming true, guys, and I'm really, really, really sorry, but the G7 coalition has agreed to a fixed price for Russian oil. I brought this up six months ago, that this will be the kiss of death. This will be the moment that Russia and other OPEC countries literally laugh at Western democracies and they're like, okay, yeah, cool. You wanna pay us 100, 200, $400 a barrel for oil? I don't care. Price of oil will just not be tied to the dollar. I will tie it to, I don't know, what did Vladimir Putin do after they said you can't use US dollars? Did he stop selling oil in the global markets? No, he didn't. He started selling it for Russian rupees, rubles, rubles. What happened to the ruble after that happened? Well, it fucking skyrocketed, sorry to curse. It skyrocketed to a five-year high based on the fact that now the ruble was backed by a tangible good oil, almost like that is a good thing. G7 countries literally saying, we're gonna cap the price of oil, you know, rah, 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 go Ukraine, this is bad for Russia. No, this is bad for us. This is bad for our economies. This is bad in the on the tail end of what has been a year of the highest oil and gas prices the world has ever seen. It's only going to get worse from here. And the leaders of our countries think by doing a move like this, they're helping you, they're helping us. No, they're doing it to posture for re-election. They're doing it to say, we did the right things. We did what we thought was appropriate, right, and just, and it's not the right things. And unfortunately, there's no accountability at these levels anymore. And you and I are gonna be the ones who have to suffer and pay the consequences of this. We're two days removed from election in this country. Like, I'll openly admit, I didn't vote in it. And had I even had the... Had I taken the opportunity that I am gifted, the privilege that I have to vote, a decision like this isn't even something that I can chime in on. And that's what's more upsetting is the things that they dangle in front of you and say, yeah, vote for this. It's all baloney. It's not everything you get to really be a part of. These types of decisions are the most important, most impactful ones. And for some reason, a bunch of old farts are the ones who get to dictate and decide how much gas is gonna cost for you and me 
simply because they want to posture against Vladimir Putin if they don't want to give him a win? Man, I dealt with egos in Hollywood, but oh my God, the egos in, in the political space are massive. This almost feels like in poor taste to bring up Celsius. Let's, <laughs> let's fucking go. Do it. Do it. All You're right. doing great on the mic. Keep, keep it going. I'm just going to sit here. My facial reactions, you'll see those. I'll be like, you know, pantomiming. All right. I love this story. So Celsius, you remember the Ponzi scheme that Alex Mashinsky run that caused a lot of contagion around the same time that Luna was going on, you know, that happened like three months ago in case this FTX stuff has made you feel like you've aged a whole year like I have. Remember the request for $3 billion in bonuses that didn't include a single reason why Mashinsky walked out, the CFO walked out with money, all of their C-level executives, the C-suite essentially walked out with bags and then everyone's like, wait a minute, we owe the creditors millions of dollars. The judge overseeing the case responded to news that from customers that Celsius used new user assets to pay yield and withdrawals on existing customers. Sorry, I, told, I know I'm not supposed to bang, but like that's literally a Ponzi scheme. New money coming in to pay off old money is a Ponzi scheme. I will repeat, new money from new users being used to pay off old users promised money and funds is a Ponzi scheme. Will Mashinsky see the inside of a jail cell? Great question. I have given up entirely on white collar criminals, just like regardless of the size and magnitude of their crimes, actually being, being brought to justice. The reality is he probably will not. I don't think SBF will either. I think that... It's just never gonna happen. There, yeah, I just don't think it's gonna happen. I think it doesn't matter. It's fucking bullshit. Oh, wow. Interesting. I wanna flip the script because I don't really wanna give Mashinsky more airtime. Like, to your point, I do agree with you that while I would love to see the likes of Doquan, Mashinsky, SBF locked up and like really prosecuted for the crimes they've committed and the hurt they've caused individual people, I don't. I don't believe that's going to be the case. We have one more Bitcoin story, and then I don't want to forget the fact that today is CPI day. So we are going to discuss the CPI print in a moment here, but I want one last story on Bitcoin. A few days back, five years ago, Segwit 2x fork was defeated. Remember, remember the 8th of November, Segwit 2x fork and plot. Not enough time can elapse that the 2x collapse should ever be forgotten. Segwit 2x2 was 2x was the moment beyond the Segwit change to improve the Bitcoin blockchain by increasing the size of the blocks from one megabyte to two megabyte. This comes the reason why this is important for those who didn't read the Bitcoin standard, where I think Safe did an excellent job sort of explaining why you can't do this, why increasing that size. It's so that you and I, I eventually, you at home who does it already can run a node thank you for being honest without you know the insane level of memory and energy that would be required to maintain the entire blockchain on your node by increasing it from one megabyte to two megabyte would make it almost impossible for any individual to run a node and it would only make possible you know big corporations high net worth individuals to be the only ones to be able to run a node. And that that right there is what helps Bitcoin be the most decentralized, the only decentralized blockchain out there. 
Every other network relies on some sort of a hub. They have some sort of an HQ, they have CEOs. The fact that you can spin up a node and if everyone else decided tomorrow, we're gonna fork in this one direction and you out there listening or watching are the only one that said, I'm gonna stay true to the code. The Bitcoin blockchain will continue on with your node being the only one. Did I get that right? Yeah. More or less, cool. I like to I like to try to not lie as best I can. No, no, no. It was great. It was great. I, I was what I was going to say is, I think the the block size wars are also really interesting because and we had a fantastic conversation with Marshall Long recently, where he gave some really unique insights, honestly, into the block size wars from a miner's perspective. If you if you want to learn more and you haven't listened to that interview, go check it out. It's on the Bitcoin Magazine YouTube channel with Marshall Long. I believe it was last week because he was a big blocker. He was a miner on the, the big block side and he talks through his logic, his thinking, when he realized that he'd made a mistake in the way that he viewed who who had control in the Bitcoin network, whether it was the miners, the you know node runners or the users. And uh, it's fascinating stuff. So I was just gonna iterate on that a little bit that it was also a, a moment where that was played out in real time. We kind of figured out as a community who actually drives these changes in the network yeah i i gotta i gotta tip my hat to marshall in particular too for you know openly saying oh i was on the wrong side of this like i thought this was the right thing to do and i recognize now it's not and i'm sure there are gonna be a lot more bad ideas that come i think it would be naive to think that now that the block size war are long long fought past we have classes of bitcoiners myself included who've come in after the block size war that we don't, we're not even familiar with it, whereas you have plenty of Bitcoiners who lived through that experience. I think it would be very naive to, to think like we're not going to see maybe even the same attack or a similar attack happen in the near future on Bitcoin. I guess we should because everyone talks about CPI now because everyone's an inflation expert because the year is 2022 and we are living in real time inflation. So we did get the news in inflation has slowed down to a point where you see 7.7% inflation year over year for the month of October, less than the 7.9% the analysts had expected and down from the 8.2% the month prior. More importantly, the core inflation, which is this is what the Fed claims that they pay attention to the most, this is decelerating now. Previously, the reading was at 6.6%. It is now at 6.3%. What does this really mean? A, no, things are not cheaper, all right? First things first, do not believe that, oh, inflation was 6.6% for core last month, it's 6.3, or oh, everything inflation was 8.2 last month and now it's 7.7. It is still 7.7% more expensive than this time last year when we already started to see inflation creeping up this time last year. Keep that in mind. You are talking about this time last year, what did we get? Like a five, 5% 5 readings this time last year. Now you're getting 7% readings off of the 5% you already got. Keep that in mind. Things are not getting cheaper. Things are still getting more expensive. The rate at which they are getting more expensive is slowing down. How did the public markets though take this news? Very, very well, my friend. Yes, I did just ask a question to myself that I answered. You have the S&P 500 as of the time of this recording at 11.13 a.m. Pacific. S&P 500 up 4.6%. You have the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 3%. NASDAQ Tech Index, 6.3% in one day. 
it has jumped up. And the last two days, I've really stressed the importance of volume. I stressed two days ago, we saw an update on, on significant volume. I made mention this could actually be a move if it could continue to hold. Yesterday, we saw a down day in the markets on lower volume. And I said, I don't buy this move down. I need to see it continue on higher volume. Well, guess what? Today, we have volume skyrocketing almost 30% higher than yesterday on moves this high, the market may actually be shifty and you may see another leg up. The expectation here, it seems, and this is me just drawing some conclusions, you are seeing inflation readings go lower. A week after the Fed announcement last week, I think the market is starting to accept the Fed might be onto something and their moves are helping to quell inflation. This will be very interesting to say the least. What does this mean? This might give the Fed more confidence to continue on their path. This may lead to a slowing down of rate hikes in the near future. That remains to be seen. We're not going to spend more time speculating here. These are just the facts that we know as of right now. There's another Fed meeting in December that we will keep an eye on. We will see how things play out over the next month. But... I'm going to quickly do one last check on the news channel because we do have some. While you do that, I just want to show everybody, you know, my contribution to the CPI conversation is going to be sharing some images that I, I made using AI image generation tools of Jerome Powell, Fed chairman, as a 90s rapper. So these are some album covers, which I'm going to, you know. Ooh, go back to the last one. That looks like Xi Jinping. Yeah, sometimes it gets weird. These are these are AI images. Don't 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 read too much into it. But this one I think is dope. I mean, oh, I actually really right? like that. Right? Like who 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 doesn't want to see a, a 90s rap album by Jerome Powell? And look, you got the Bitcoin symbols in there. Let's fucking go. So, get ready for that. We're going to record God. that this weekend. I think uh, gang, on that note, I want to remind everyone, first off, thank you so much. Thank you for coming and watching us. Thank you for this whole week for trusting us to bring you the news as it's been developing in real time. We greatly appreciate that you put your faith and trust in us. We appreciate you tuning in every single day. If you are not a subscriber on this channel, if you are not a subscriber to our podcast channel, please, 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 we would greatly appreciate if you like down below on YouTube, if you subscribe, if you are not, if you are listening to this on a podcast, please make sure that you leave us a review. It helps other people discover this show, helps other people. What we want to do is bring you the news to help you make the best assessments on what is going on in clown world so you can best prepare and how you can help stack sats. I want to also remind everyone, we're going back to Miami. It's a three-peat. Bitcoin 2023 back in Miami, May 18th to the 20th. I'm going to say this. DM me. I might have a code for you. But That code is BM Live. But if you want to help us keep our jobs, if you want to help us have enough money to rehire Chris so that we can have a producer so we don't <laughs> look so janky, use promo code BM Live, get 10% off. Ticket prices go up tomorrow. So don't, don't cry about it when they do. If they go up, it's going to be more expensive. Even if you use the promo code, it'll be more expensive than what you could have gotten today. Come hang out with us in Miami. It is going to be the best Bitcoin conference in the entire world. No other conference could even come close to the experience, the conversations, to the people you will meet, to the time you will have. Who knows? Maybe you'll even get a job in Bitcoin like I did when I attended Bitcoin 2021. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. My friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, putting up with us being in somebody else's mother's basement. This is a new experience. I'm closer physically to Q than I have ever been, and it makes me feel very uncomfortable. But uh, we're here for you, the listener.
on that note, we'll see you later. Come celebrate Bitcoin winter in Miami at Bitcoin 2023. The largest Bitcoin conference in the world returns to Miami from May 18th to the 20th. Head on over to b.tc forward slash conference to get your tickets today. Use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your tickets before prices go up. Bitcoin is for everyone. Lefties, righties, and rejectors of the false dichotomy alike. And that is why the newest Bitcoin Magazine print edition is called the Orange Party Issue. It features articles by President Naya Bukele, Jeff Deist, Beauty On, Natalie Smolensky, Eric Kaysen, Max Kaiser, and Jimmy Song. Get your copy at your local Barnes & Noble's bookstore or from the Bitcoin Magazine store at store.bitcoinmagazine.com and use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off your annual subscription today. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com.